Welcome to Dear Nina, conversations about friendship. You are listening to episode number 15 in what has turned into something of a mini series of sorts. In episodes 13 and 14, we talked about getting out of your comfort zone and scheduling regular activities and even using social media to make new local friends. We also talked about keeping expectations in check, more so in episode 14. Today, we're rewinding a bit to an essential step of friend making that's really about the art of successful small talk. I know those two words, small talk, just made a lot of listeners shudder. Small talk has a bad rap. Either we think we're bad at it and we just generally hate it, or we're good at it and we still hate it. However, I want you to think about something. Small talk is such a huge part of socializing, and having some decent small talk and body language skills in your arsenal is really important. It's basically impossible to go from being total strangers to acquaintances to friends to close friends who are there for you in good and bad times without some small talk in those beginning stages. Like You can't really skip that. I don't know of any example of people who have completely fast forwarded to being really close friends without those early awkward stages of getting to know each other. Now, I'm no expert on this, but my guest today, Allie Wensky, is here to help. Allie is the author of The Art of Happy Moving, How to Declutter, Pack, and Start Over While Maintaining Your Sanity and Finding Happiness. Allie and her husband moved 10 times in 11 years, living in six states. Her advice has been featured on Forbes, U.S. News and World Report, Today.com, Real Simple, Fast Company, Parents Magazine, and many more places. She has practical tips for before, during, and after moving. Part of her book deals specifically with small talk and body language when trying to establish new ties, which is why Allie is the perfect guest for today's episode. Allie is now happily settled in the Chicago suburbs with her husband and three children. She actually ended up in Wilmette, which is a very close suburb to where I grew up in Highland Park. So I call it Chicago. When people say where you are from, I always say Chicago, but anyone who lives there knows it's really the suburbs. And that's where Allie lives now, also in the suburbs. Welcome, Allie. Hi, Nina. Thank you so much for having me. It is such a pleasure to get to chat with you today. I'm so happy to know about you. We actually don't know each other, and I've had a lot of guests I know, so I say that. I'm happy to know about you and your work because we have a question today that I'm not really equipped to answer, and I know you are. But before we even get to that listener question, I want to hear about the other places you lived with your husband. Where, what are the, or Chicago, one of the six? Well, I moved 10 times in 11 years. So we okay. lived in, I'm originally from Miami, Florida, but we lived in Massachusetts, Maryland, Ohio, California, Illinois, Tennessee, and then we moved back to Illinois. Wow. I mean, it's all different kind of people. But I'm guessing you have found, you know, just based on some of the stuff in your book and on your website, that people are generally, they're not the same. Of course, everyone's different, but the skills you need to connect are pretty universal. And there are things people can learn. Absolutely. We had moved. Actually, the reason I started all of this, The Art of Happy Moving, was because of the making friends portion of it, which is why I love your podcast. I think it's so important uh, that it's hard to make friends when you move to a new city. And though, yes, people are the same. Yes, you can go through through 
the same types of steps. Sometimes some moves are harder than others. And we moved from the Lincoln Park neighborhood in Chicago to Knoxville, Tennessee. And that was my seventh move. And I thought, you know, I've made friends before. It should be easy to make friends. But this time was a lot harder when we moved to Knoxville. And it was that experience of the difficulty of making friends that started me writing about happy moving and my blog and my book, because there is, it's really, it can be hard to make friends after you move. The pieces that made it more difficult, that one move? Yeah, I think part of it was city living to suburb living was definitely a part of it. Uh, And also we had moved to a place where we didn't know anybody at all. And it was a wonderful, it is beautiful. Knoxville's beautiful. The people are really nice, but moving to a city where Everyone had known each other since they had grown up together and the communities were already fairly established that it made it a bit more difficult. And so I have some tips on how to make friends when you move into a city where you feel like everyone already knows each other. But what you find out is they don't. Not everybody knows every single person in the city. But that was hard. That was something that I just hadn't anticipated. I think one thing that's hard too about moving to a new city when you're making friends is you leave from the peak of your social relationships. You've spent all of those years building those friendships and then you're at the peak and then you start from zero again. And I think people underestimate that drop and what that feels like to have to start from scratch. So just even being prepared for that to know like, okay, this is going to take work. I'm going to start from the beginning again and build, but just being emotionally prepared for that, that drop in social relations. Such a good point. You know, I haven't moved in 20 years. So I've been here a long time. Sometimes I'm jealous of people who get a chance to start fresh, even though I know it's hard. I mean, trust me, I've been writing about friendship for a long time and answering questions for a long time. And there's so much that makes people so nervous about moving and starting over as an adult. But there's also an opportunity. Did you feel like you were getting new opportunities to change at all? Not that you're going to like completely reinvent yourself. (laughs) Well, you can. And that's what I love moving. So that's why I wrote my book, The Art of Happy Moving, because there is a happy element to it. And that's exactly it, of being able to reinvent yourself. And there was a study that was done that 36% of successful habit changes were attributed with a move to a new place. And so just thinking about that, that over a third of people who were successful with changing their their habits did it because they moved. And so you really do get the opportunity to reinvent yourself, to just become a better version of yourself, to do all the things that you've been wanting to do and hadn't done before. So I love the fresh start. It is my favorite part about moving. Oh, that's great. I'm going to have to, um, Dave, we're going to have to get your brother-in-law to move me somewhere. Although I don't think that's, I don't think that's ever (laughs) happening. Dave's making a a funny face. Um, I'm always trying to get people to move here. Like I think the whole family on all sides should move here. Um, Okay. I think we should get to our listener question because some of these other uh, tips you have will come out in relation to the question. And even though it's a question from one listener, I choose questions that I think can help a lot of people. Obviously, I get a lot of questions and I try to pick the ones I think would be the most universal. So I'm going to read it. Dear Nina, I'm in my late 30s and have lived just a bit outside of DC for two years with my husband and two elementary school age kids. I've listened to past episodes and read past advice on your site about making new friends as an adult. I believe I've done some of what you and others have suggested. I joined a book club, I volunteer at the school, and I joined a gym where I try to attend the same few classes each week. We're not members of a faith community and don't intend to be. While I definitely know people, I wouldn't call them friends. I like a few of my colleagues, but they're quite a bit younger, and I'm not interested in making more of those relationships than what they are. I know I can be 
kind of quiet and maybe even standoffish. I guess I really hate small talk or I'm just not get that good at it. It seems like a big leap to go from impersonal chit-chat to a legitimate friendship. Does it really just take more time or is there some secret I'm not in on that everyone else seems to know? Thanks for your advice, Trisha. I love Trisha's question because I feel like so many people are in the situation and she talks about how, you know, is there a shortcut? And I believe you mentioned this study as well in the last podcast of talking of how long it takes to make new friends. And with, you know, an average of 50 hours for a casual acquaintance, 90 hours for a friend, and then 200 hours for a close friend. So there really isn't a shortcut just saying, I want to skip the small talk, let's become best friends, right? There are the steps that you have to take to put in the time to get to know people and everything. So I do have some tips of how I try to kind of make it faster and jump, you know, just make it a little bit faster, even though it's going to take time. But one of the things specifically for moving is to make friends before you move. And that means just reaching out on Facebook or social media or to your group of friends and saying, hey, I'm moving to Seattle or Miami or wherever. And do you know someone who lives there and just connecting with that person before you move there, because it's a lot easier to go from one friend to two friends than from no friends to one friend. Just having that one connection can really make a difference. Um, a second thing is to look for other people who are new in town, because if you are talking to people who've lived there forever, you know, they, they only have so much time for all their family and their friends and everything. And so if you can meet all the people who are new in town, you're kind of starting from the same from the same point. And so I host some events here in the Chicago area that are just for people who are new in town, because the hard part is just finding out who are those other new people. A third thing I recommend to make it a bit faster to try to get those friendships a little bit faster is to cast a wide net. I've heard different things from people about whether they like this or not, but it, it's worked for me. So I recommend it. And that would be just send in an email. If you meet some people, uh, let's say whether it's, you know, parents at your kid's school or coworkers or some of your neighbors, that you can just send an email and say, hey, I'm going to outdoor movie. Does anybody want to join me? I would say my the number of people who have said yes usually ranges between like 10 and 20%. So cast a wide net, keep doing that, invite a large group of people. And over time, you will kind of meet a lot of different people and you can start to build connections with some of the people who, who usually show up. A fourth thing would be to welcome people into your home. And I know that can be difficult during these times. And you, if people don't feel comfortable having people in their house, have someone over for in your backyard or your front porch. But inviting people into your home is a whole other step of making people feel like they really know you. Um, and then the final thing is to just be the type of friend that you want your friend to be. Uh, and I can talk a little bit about this more later, but I'm really big on goals. And that's true with friendship as well. Those are all such great tips and, and a huge emotional piece of all of that that I talk about a lot. And I think it is so important is to not wait for invitations. So when you talk about having people in your home, you talk about casting a wide net and meeting one person, which then maybe reaching out and seeing if that person can introduce you to somebody else. Like these are all different ways of not just sitting around and waiting and hoping people will realize, well, I'm new, they should reach out to me. Because there's ways we wish people would act. Um, like you're saying, be the friend you want to be. She's like, sure, it would be so nice to be the recipient of all the invitations. It's just not how it goes. And if you're the one in need, 
and you probably heard me say this in other episodes, you're the one who has to take on the onus of reaching out. When people move to Minneapolis, and it might have a similar feel to your move to Nashville, where it felt like a lot of people had grown up here. Um, I, I meet a lot of people who move here, especially from Chicago. I sometimes like feel like I'm the welcome wagon of fellow North Shore people because I've been here a long time. And there's that sense of, well, it's like I'm new, so people should reach out to me. And that's just not reality. That's just not not for your kids, uh, not for adults. Oh, you know what? One thing I wanted to ask you, how old are your kids now? And how and that and how many moves have they been through? I mean, you don't have to give me exact number of moves, but I'm just curious how much they've moved. They are now 12, 14, and 16. And my youngest, when she was a little bit older than two, had lived in her fourth home. So we haven't wow. moved in some time, but they moved a lot when they were younger. And I host a lot of events for kids who are new to the area to teach them how to do mostly body language, sometimes small talk, and how to make that adjustment to a new school. I love the work you're doing. By the way, our kids line up almost exactly. I have a 10-year-old, but then also 12, 15, and 17. So oh, wow. very similar. <laughs> and they've lived in Minnesota their entire life in two houses. So <laughs> we just moved two years ago from like one suburb very close to another suburb, but they didn't change schools even. So I mean, it's your kids probably could teach my kids so much for later in life when they need to make new friends. But what I wanted to get back to was what you were just brought up about body language and small talk. Let's talk a little more about that. Like people hate small talk so much and I get it. I'll tell you one of the reasons I don't like it sometimes. I actually do think I'm good at it. You know, some people don't like it, like I said earlier, because they just aren't good at it. I think it's something I'm skilled at. I like to get to know people. I mean, start, part of small talk comes from a place of being curious about other people. So if you if you can put yourself in the mindset, I think, to say, oh, I'm just curious about this person. We don't have to become best friends. I just want to know more about them. But then I guess sometimes feel like I'm interviewing. This is long before I had a podcast. Um, I've only had a podcast you know, since the summer. So long before I ever even thought about actually interviewing people, when I was having these small talk conversations, I would feel like I was conducting an, an interview. And that is because probably the other person wasn't asking questions back. So I might ask a question, oh, where are you from? Where, how, where, you know, how old are your kids? You know, something like that. And then if they don't ask back, you sometimes get that look from someone like, why are you asking me this? And I want to be like, oh, because that's how a conversation works. I ask you a question and then you ask me a question and then it won't feel like I'm interviewing you. It will feel like we're having a conversation. So that's probably someone who's less skilled at small talk. Um, anyway, those are my feelings about why I don't like it sometimes. But what do you think stands in the way for other people and how have you helped them? Well, I think that even before the small talk comes the body language. And so in the in the the letter that was sent from the listener of asking, you know, or saying sometimes I might come off as quiet or standoffish. And so I was curious what why she felt she might come off as standoffish. And oftentimes it is the body language. It's not something you're saying. So I use an acronym in, in the art of happy moving called sneak. So using a sneak attack is your body language. So what sneak stands for? S is for smile. So we all know, you know, you should smile at people, be friendly. It's different now with masks, right? If we're wearing our masks around, but even if you smile for yourself, you're releasing 
endorphins, you know, serotonin and dopamine, all these things, these chemical reaction that will happen for yourself when you smile. So you will feel happier. Um, and then of course, like if you have your mask off and you're smiling, that makes someone else feel good. So the first S is for smile. N is for neatness. And that just means, you know, being presentable. <laughs> I, when I tell the kids, I'm like, you know, brush your hair, take a shower. Um, but in, you know, for adults, like some people wear t-shirts that are basically saying, you know, might have words on it that are saying back off. <laughs> so just be careful of, um, not giving the impression that you want people to stay away. Um, E is for eye contact. And, the biggest thing with that, I think, is the phones, not being on your phone all the time. It's hard to make new friends if you're sitting at, um, like I was at my daughter's gymnastics class soon after we had moved and I was ready to, you know, go and talk to people and, and make eye contact, but then everyone was on their phone and it's a lot harder to meet new people if you are on your phone, if other people are on their phone. So, you know, just put the phone away. That cannot be overstated. I mean, it's, <laughs> And it's so hard. I'm, I, I bet people are listening going, oh, well, you know, gymnastics class, that's my time to unwind. And, and that's true too. Like not everyone's everywhere to make friends. And I totally acknowledge that. But I think what we're trying to say is if you are hoping to make friends in these situations, if you're the person who is hoping to um, like go somewhere and make a friend there, you have to be the person to put your phone down. Just like if you're the one looking to make friends, you made them issue more of the invitations. It's just being, yeah, I think being aware of how you're coming off the phone really does say, I am not interested. I I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want anyone to talk to me. And sometimes we do that on purpose. Like I may pick up my phone with the intent of communicating that and fine. That's at least I'm being self-aware about it. But I would say don't go into a situation hoping you're going to make friends and also use the phone as a crutch. Like you just can't do both. Absolutely. Because you can make friends anywhere. You could be standing in a grocery line. You could be waiting for a bus. I mean, there every opportunity is a chance for small talk, for making a friend. And so putting the phone away is a huge part of it. And just getting used to that too, of just leave it in your, in your pocket, in your purse and use it at a different time. I've actually written about phone issues for many years, starting way back when I had a BlackBerry. Like I knew that I was like addicted to that BlackBerry. We're talking in yesteryears, but I, I did interrupt you. You were going to tell us the next tip. For some reason, just, I don't, I don't know why it can be difficult. So having a heart to heart conversation, that's what it is. You are having your, yourself open to the other person, but what people often do, especially when they're uncomfortable is they cross their arms. So having just crossed arms creates this defensive posture that is telling people, I am not open to friendship. I'm not open to conversation. And I'm always someone who's freezing. I'm always cold because I'm from Miami and live in Chicago. So I want to cross my arms and I want to be warm, but I realize, okay, if I want to be approachable, I can't do that. I'm going to keep my arms by my side. So I, and I often give these talks with kids and I do the sneak attack and all the kids have their hands by their side, but then there are all the parents in the back that are standing there with their arms crossed and they immediately put their hands down. Like, oh, yep, we're all doing it. So that's something just to be aware of with your body language. Um, so that's the A in sneak attack is arms open. And the last one is kindness. This may seem very obvious. You know, if you want to be, make friends, you should be nice. Um, but I, I love, you know, with Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people. He talks about, you know, don't criticize, condemn or complain. 
And one thing I tell people who are moving is don't criticize, compare, or complain. What a lot of people do when they move somewhere new is, oh, I loved living in Chicago. They had the best pizza in the world. Nothing here compares. So, you know, do just don't do stuff like that. Like you're talking about someone's home. Everyone's really proud of where they live. So um, kindness means, you know, being nice, but also just not complaining about some of the stuff or um, comparing where you used to live to where you live now. So much of the kindness piece that we're talking about is not obvious. I think actually my point too about being the one to issue invitations and you said be the friend you want to be, it kind of falls into that category also. Like instead of waiting for invitations, invite people to do stuff. Same idea of not complaining about their town. My friend Julie Lyon, who has moved several times, um, also like you as an adult, not I think quite as many times, but she's getting there, um, made a really great point in reference to episode 13 with Michelle about moving in terms of making friends. And it it reminds me of all this. Bring in people to your life who love the city they live in. So like you're saying, don't complain about the city that you just moved to. Her point was to also try to get to know people who love this new town. Like you don't want to surround yourself with people who are are like, oh, I hate Chicago. I wouldn't, when I moved here, I don't want to be around people who are like, oh, Minneapolis is, you know, whatever things you can say about any place. You want to really be open to people who can show you around and introduce you to parts of a city. There's so many cool things about any place. And the people who live there are the ones who know about it. Um, But I love your point about also not complaining about the place. I mean, the truth is there is no secret of the small talk is you just can't skip it. That's what I would say. You can make it better. I love your tips, like, you know, standing in, a, in an approachable way, putting your phone down, smiling. All these are such great ideas. And that's probably as much of a secret as we can really share, unless you have something extra. But I would also say maybe also that man- mindset of accepting that there's no shortcut. Whether you're introverted or extroverted, to go out and put yourself out there. You just need to know that it's it's okay to be a, be fine with putting yourself out there. And most people are not going to be mean up front. Like, don't be worried of rejection. Um, but one of the things I recommend, and especially if you feel more introverted, is just set a goal. So set a small talk goal. And that could be something as simple as, I'm going to say hi to five people today. The second step is to break the ice. So you can break the ice. One of the things I love about moving is you have a great icebreaker. You could say, I just moved to Minneapolis. I just moved to Chicago. Uh, do you know a good coffee shop around here? Do you have a recommendation for for um, you know a grocery store? Anything. You have a great icebreaker. So that could be a goal. I'm going to have one icebreaker with one person today. Um, and then after that, introduce yourself. So I think that's uh, sometimes can be hard for people to take that step from either giving a compliment, like, oh, I like your shoes as the icebreaker, um, to saying, oh, and by the way, my name is Allie. And so when you do introduce yourself, the more information you give about yourself, the more you'll get in return. So if I, if I was talking to you, Nina, and I said, hi, I'm Allie Wensky, I'm from Wilmette, and I just moved here to Minneapolis, it's been great so far then you would probably come back and tell me your full name. You'll say, oh, well, I used to live in Highland Park and I just, you know, I moved here however many years ago. You know, you give the information that that you have, you will receive the information you have been, that you have given. <laughs> I'll say that again. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. In most cases, when the conversation's going well, that's how it goes. And, and the type of conversation I referenced earlier is the opposite of that. And that's why it doesn't feel good. Like I'll feel like I'm giving information or I'm asking for information. Or sometimes it's like what you're saying, I'm giving information and then maybe I do ask in return and I don't get 
as much back, get like yes or no questions. And then maybe you know that's that connection maybe is not going to happen. And that's okay too. Yeah. And one thing to say about that too, is if people are using open-ended questions versus closed questions. So if you are talking to someone and people are answering you in yes or no, then you can try a more open-ended question like, oh, tell me more about your kids. And, or if they, you know, what grade are your kids in? And they tell you the grades and say, oh, tell me more about what they like to do. We're also trying to find what their passion points are. And so in my, in the art of happy moving, I have a chapter about how to set friendship goals and also how to have these small talk topics to have for yourself. So you feel comfortable, like, okay, what are my hobbies? What's a trip I've taken? Just that you have in your own mind that you can ask somebody else like, oh, how was your Thanksgiving? Or what are you doing this weekend? And then to have something that you can share as well. Such good ideas. Oh, I mean, I'm so grateful that you you have real help for Trisha and others like her because I probably tend to say more like just keep trying, which is important too. But I mean, these are actionable steps and I'm going to have them all written out really nicely in the show notes and I will have the links to your book. I think we are ready, Allie, to move on to our better friendship goal of the week. And I have one in mind. And if you have one to add, you certainly can, but no pressure. You don't have to because I didn't tell you ahead of time, listeners. I did not tell her ahead of time that she had to. But my better friendship goal of the week for anybody who is looking to meet new friends, and it doesn't matter if you're moving to a new town or not. That's one thing that these three episodes about making friends have in common. It could be that you're moving, but Allie has so much experience about making new friends because she has moved, but you could take these skills into your life, even if you are just in a new stage of life. Maybe you retired, maybe you just are looking around and you say to yourself, I really could use some more people in my life. I've had the same friends all these years. Um, I know I, ha- I know some people who now some of their friends are moving to warmer places for part of the year. And so either they're still in the cold place and a lot of their close friends have left or they themselves are going to the warm place and need to meet people. So there's all many reasons why you need to make new friends. But something you said really made me think about how much I have that phone in my hand. And I don't happen to be in a place right now where I'm looking to make new friends. But if I was, that would be the first tip I would take is Sometimes when you're sitting around, even like at the salon, I mean, there's places where there are other people around who live near you that could be potential friends. My goal for listeners is to put the phone down when there are other people around at least one time this week. I like to do small goals, small actionable goals. One time this week, if you're looking to meet new people, try that. Just see what happens. Try making the the eye contact, smiling, some of these other tips that Allie gave us. But you can't even do those two things, the eye contact or the smile, if you're looking at your phone. So that is my tip. Do you have any that you want to add? I love that tip. And I think that if to have one actionable tip, I think that would be the one. And I... I practice this myself. I have lived here for 11 years and I'm not looking to make new friends, but you get something from conversations with people. We have all been secluded, you know, in our homes for so long. Just having that connection, even if you're not making friends, just having a human connection is so important. So I put my phone away. I talk to people in line. You know, if they don't want to talk to me, I stop, but just do it. Just do it to have that human connection. So I agree with you. Put the phone down. (laughs) And one thing I want to clarify, I'm sure you would agree, because 
I have heard myself, I said it just now, and I've, I've heard myself say it in other episodes that I'm not looking to make new friends. That doesn't mean I'm not open to making new friends. And I'm sure you feel the same. And I see you nodding and I appreciate that. I'm 100% open to making new friends. I have made new friends. I probably make a couple new friends every year, actually. But it's, what I mean is, I have a lot of people to do things with, walk with, even go on trips with. I feel really lucky. Now I've lived here almost 21 years. I think I have lived here 21 years, actually. Um, I have. I moved in June of 2000. So I, of course, my life feels very full, but I am really open to making new friends. But that's different than being the one who needs to make new friends. And so just a distinction I wanted to make. Allie, thank you so much for your time and for giving so many actionable ideas for my listeners. Thank you so much for having me, Nina. It was such a pleasure to chat with you. And I just appreciate everything you're doing because friendship is so important to all of us for enriching our lives. So thank you for what you do, Nina. And thanks to everyone for listening. A special thank you to my producer, Dave DeLuger. You can find all the show notes, a form to ask your own anonymous question, and a link to my private Facebook group, Dear Nina, the group. All that is on my website, ninabadzen.com. If you have time to rate and review the podcast or even better, tell a friend, that would be so great. And Glennon uh, Doyle says something I love at the end of her podcast. It really makes me laugh. She always says, but if you didn't like it, that's okay. You don't need to rate and review it. Just that's all right. You, you, you can skip that. And like I always say, come back next week or really in two weeks, because when our friendships are going well, we are happier all around.